So on today's podcast, I'm joined by a slightly different guest today. And I'm joined by Andrew Higgins, who is an English teacher. But some of you might know him more commonly as Higgins in Japan from his Twitter and his YouTube channels. Now, when I say he's an English teacher in Japan, he's not your English teacher as we would see it in the UK. He is teaching Japanese children English. So he is teaching another language to elementary children in Japan, learning it for the first time and never hearing the language before would be the equivalent to teachers in the UK teaching French, Spanish, German, Italian, whatever, whatever languages you teach at your school, this is the equivalent. So you're teaching young children a new language. So we've got the same principles here. Hi, I'm Rob, and you're listening to the Teacher Planning Podcast. I'm here to simply help guide you towards quality, variety, consistent development as a teacher. You may have been teaching for 20 years, or you might have been teaching for 20 days, but in my opinion, never stop learning. The day you stop learning is the day the education system is failing. Now, one thing you need to remember when listening to this is that you need to be open-minded. What works for someone else might not work for you, and what works for you might not work for someone else. We're all here to share ideas. So enough of me talking. Here's this week's pod. I've given a bit of an introduction to what the conversation is going to be about and what Andrew's about. Andrew, I'm going to let you talk about yourself a little bit more now. Give us a bit more about your background, whereabouts you're from, how long you've been living in Japan and so on. What took you over to Japan? Well, so like I said, I've been in Japan uh, since 2012. So this is my, my ninth year here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always had a desire to come to Japan. Um, I was fortunate enough to to come over here a few times before or a couple of times before. Yeah, kind of realized, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, I was already doing some teaching in the States, uh, which is where I'm from. I'm from America. So, you know, the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, but uh, moved around quite a bit as a kid. But uh, yeah, so now I'm in Japan and always had this desire to come to Japan and, and was able to and found teaching was an option and I could teach as well as explore Japan, you know, in my free time. So that kind of checked both of those boxes off and worked out pretty well for me. Been on a bit of a journey then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and, and currently I live about an hour north of Tokyo um, in a prefecture called Tochigi. Um, we are known for strawberries. I believe. Yes. So yeah, uh, before that I lived in another prefecture called Ibaraki and I lived there for a few years and was teaching, um, started out teaching in an elementary school for about three years, then moved to junior high, um, taught junior high for a couple of years. Then when I moved to Tochigi, did the same thing, doing elementary school and junior high work as well. So very busy. So before you talk about this lesson, Andrew, Can you give us some context about the lesson? How old are the children? What's the class size? How long have they been learning English as their foreign language? So this is a fourth grade lesson. So we're looking at, you know, eight to nine years old um, in elementary school. And the students have been learning English a little bit since first grade. They don't have that many classes every year. Um, Usually it's around 10 classes. Um, So they're kind of spread out and they're very basic very much just like I like 
red or I like blue or, or I like cats or I like dogs, just very simple phrases that they can kind of wrap their heads around. Uh, by fourth grade, they should be able to talk about things like the weather or sports or things that they do in their free time. This is um, a lesson that would be taught probably, I would say midway through the year. So they've already kind of got some English behind them for the year. Uh, it's also the second part of this lesson because you've already introduced uh, giving directions, which is what this lesson is on. Um, so you've already introduced the phrases to them before you actually take them out and practice. You know, the very simple phrases just turn left, turn right, go straight, stop, go back. So the lesson, like I said, is, is based on giving directions. And, and what would be your objectives for this lesson? Uh, for me, it's always, do the students understand what they're saying? Uh, because it's very easy for the students to just listen and repeat, listen and repeat. And the last thing I want is a bunch of parrots. I want students to actually understand the things that they're saying. So when I first introduce the phrases to them, um, they'll just be on simple flashcards that I'll put on the board you know, a picture with a simple text and we'll go over them. We'll make sure they can pronounce the words correctly, but then I'll also take time and say, okay, in Japanese, like, tell me, this is the part in the class where you're allowed to speak Japanese. <laughs> you won't get in trouble. Um, tell me what this phrase means in Japanese, you know, turn left. What is that in Japanese? And then we'll go over that. Okay. We got that one. The next one. And we'll go through all the cards. And, and I do this for, every lesson that I teach. The first time we introduce new things, I go through and make sure the first thing we do is they can pronounce the words correctly, but they also know what they are in Japanese. So they're not just saying words that they don't know the meanings to. Yeah. So you're giving it a bit more context to life. Right. Right. So then they can go, Oh, okay. Now I know what this means. Now I'm not just shouting out words, which, you know, anybody can do. <laughs> okay. So let, let's talk through the lesson now from start to finish. And this is where I'm just going to let you go for it. So if you talk about how okay. you start the lesson, how long did you say the lesson uh, last actually? Uh, elementary school, usually you have 45 minutes. Um, and that is assuming the class starts on time and the homeroom teacher isn't, you know, yelling at students or anything like that. So <laughs> usually you get 45 minutes. Okay. So let, let's start from the beginning then. And this is where I'm just going to let you go for it. Okay. okay. So what I'll do is I'll walk into a classroom and just simply greet the students, say good morning or good afternoon. I'll ask a couple questions, maybe something that we talked about last lesson or something we've been talking about the whole year. I like to do different types of games at the beginning of class just to kind of get them warmed up and get them thinking about English um, and so maybe I'll just ask a bunch of questions, you know, maybe the previous lesson we talked about what sport they like to play. So maybe I'll say, Hey, you know, can anybody tell me, you know, what's, what sport do you like? What, what sport do you like to play? You know, and, and kind of get them, get them ready to, to learn some, something different, but also in the mindset of knowing that this is that English class is about to start. It doesn't have to last very long, a simple five-minute game. We call it rows and columns because usually the students are sitting in rows of desks. And so you can just say, you know, whoever can answer this question, raise your hand. And then, you know, that row or that column gets to sit down. 
uh, it doesn't have to take more than more than a few minutes. Then after that, like I said, this would be the second part of the lesson. So I'll say, hey, do you remember what we talked about last time? And, you know, maybe get some blank stares or some kids that might have remembered or um, at that point just start putting... <laughs> yeah. Not elementary school, believe me, we go through that in secondary school. Yeah, yeah. The the classic just blank stare, like I don't, I don't even remember you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So at that point, I'll I'll go through and start putting the flashcards up on the board again, which then will get them to remember. Oh yeah, that's right. We're doing this uh, direction lesson. The first part of the lesson, I actually will draw a map on the the chalkboard or the dry erase board whatever i have and do some simple like guiding like maybe a little stuffed animal through the city and the, all the students have to yell out you know go straight or turn left or stop or you know you, you have to help this little character get to the police station or the grocery store or something like that yeah so then at that point i'll have the flashcards up on the board again i'll go through them again just to not so much drilling the pronunciation because after a while that just gets boring and they'll lose interest, but just for my sake, so I know that they have the pronunciation down again. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to bring this back to context a moment there. So you're recapping yeah. on what they've learned previously. So they've learned the right. words previously, right? So they've learned yes. the Japanese. Sorry, they've learned the English. They've learned how to say turn left or turn right or carry straight forward. So they've learned all this. And this lesson is putting it all into context and you're making them do it. Yes. Okay. So beforehand, I'll just go over it again, just so we make sure everybody's all all on the same page. Because you don't want blank stares, obviously. <laughs> you catch up any of the kids that might have forgotten remind the kids what the phrases are in English and in Japanese again. And then you can move on to the next part which is what i did which is where i took them all to the gym okay so uh, before, wanted... before you go off to the gym andrew how long did yeah. you spend on this recap uh again five minutes it doesn't have to take it doesn't have to take that long um if the kids have obviously if you want to make sure that they're pronouncing the things correctly you might want to go over them a few more times but they're they're pretty simple phrases for students to get. You don't have to spend too too much time, but you don't you definitely don't want to just speed through it and catch kids off guard that that maybe didn't pronounce it right the first time or, okay. or anything like that. Okay, so you, you've done this recap. You've done your game for the first five minutes. We've got we're ten minutes into the lesson, and you're taking them to the gym. Yes. If you don't have a gym or you can't use a gym, you can obviously um, set up a classroom as well to do the same thing, move the desks out of the way, um, clear a path. But then what I did was I just went to the gym and we found a bunch of things in the gym that I could set up an obstacle course. Um, nothing crazy, nothing you know super extravagant, but just a very simple obstacle course that teams of students could guide a friend through blindfolded without running into stuff, um, but using those phrases that we had just learned. So turn left, turn right, go straight, that sort of thing. And so we went to the gym, everybody saw what was going on, and we split up. Uh, usually in Japan, class sizes are around 30 to 35. So splitting up the kids into groups, having them decide who's going to be you know, first, who's going to go first, um, or who's going to be the blindfolded person in the group. 
Um, but then the other thing that I do is usually with the help of another teacher, just demonstrate it for them real quick, just to show them what we're trying to get done because otherwise they have too many questions or they don't know the game because they've not seen the game before, obviously, but just a very simple demonstration by maybe yourself or maybe yourself and another student, a student or the teacher and just explain to them the rules. Hey, you're going to go through this obstacle course. If you run into anything, maybe there's a penalty, but you want to get your friend, you know, from point A to point B using, you know, the English phrases that you've learned. So once all that's explained and then demonstrated, then you can decide, you know, which teams are going to go. Obviously, you can incorporate other phrases. Um, I've also done the same lesson. This, it was the school, the rebuilt school that they wanted to show off during a, an observation. So they wanted to take, they wanted to have the students take members of the Board of Education around the school. So we gave them the phrases, you know, go upstairs, go downstairs, um, you know, open the door, turn on the light, um, all just because they wanted to show off the new school. Uh, so we had to add new phrases uh, to the same lesson. But it just shows that any phrase can be added or subtracted or replaced and, and it yeah. still works. Oh, that's great. Um, it's, it's, it's re that's a really good one for the more high achieving students, isn't it? And I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that they wanted to do that because I had a feeling that you were going to tell me that they're teaching these these governors the wrong directions and they end up walking <laughs> out of school or, or falling down yeah. or something. Yeah, we definitely went went through the the school map beforehand and planned <laughs> out routes. That we want to take this guy to the gym because he's, you know, the head of the sports department at the board of education. We want to take this guy to the music room because, you know, <laughs> it, it was, they very much hijacked my lesson on giving directions to show off the school, but, but Hey, it, it worked out and everybody loved it. And so it, it, it worked. So yeah, you, you can just, so you can have very basic left, right, go straight directions, but you can also do more complicated if you're going to actually use maybe a school or some other location where you've got stairs or doors or things like that. And you set up this obstacle course before the lesson, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had time to set it up before the lesson, okay. but I've had, I've had schools where um, they either, you know, something else was going on in the gym or I just didn't have time to set it up before. So what I would do is just everybody moves all of their desks to the perimeter of the room. And then we make an obstacle course through the center of the classroom with some students' desks or a chair or just anything that's in the classroom that we can kind of use as an obstacle for the students to say, you know, you don't want them to just walk in a straight row. That's boring. And they're only using, you know, go straight, go straight. And that, that, doesn't use all of your phrases yeah so if they have something that they have to stop in front of or navigate around um that can be anything a chair a, a desk um somebody's backpack like it it's really just whatever you have i was able to do it the first time in the gym um and used you know some orange cones and some basketballs and some hula hoops and some just things that i found that you're going to find in the gym um if you don't have time it's very simple to just set it up in the classroom after you go over all the phrases and stuff and say, okay, everybody move your desk out of the way. And I'm going to rearrange a couple desks here and 
then we're going to have this obstacle course just right here in the classroom, which I've done before. Um, you know, you don't have to have an entire school to navigate through with, you know, stairs and doorways and stuff like that. Um, okay. It's kind of, a, it's a very versatile lesson. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds brilliant. So you were demonstrating the course itself and how, what they've got to do? Yeah, and a lot of times what we do is we just use a student to demonstrate, um, you know, what we want the kids to do in class. So whether it's something being done with a worksheet, you know, ask your friend this question and have them sign on the line. We'll just grab a kid from the class and say, hey, um, this is what you need to do. Um, with your with your friends in the classroom so I'll do that with with this lesson as well and just say hey I need a volunteer I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do but (laughs) I need a volunteer put a blindfold on them send them through the course so that the kids can understand you know and I'll be the one giving directions and the student will be you know hopefully following the directions that way they they can see oh okay so we need to get our friend through this obstacle course using the phrases turn left, turn right, go straight, and and so on. So after that demonstration, again, it doesn't need to take too long, um, but you know, a few minutes to show them the demonstration and then get them to go through in groups uh, one at a time. So uh, also I use usually have like a stopwatch with me so I can keep track of the times, um, turn it into a little bit of a competition. Maybe if you have time, I've done two rounds. So it's like, okay, oh, great. This team won the first round. We're going to go again and see if you guys can beat their score. And then maybe switch up the obstacle course a little bit so it's not the same and have them go through it a second time. Okay. And, so I'm, I'm sure there would be lots of people wondering, thinking, how am I going to do this with a, with a class of 30, 35? And you've got a couple of children doing the obstacle course whilst the rest of the children are running riot somewhere else. How, how big are right. they and, and how active are certain students? Usually you have, uh, hopefully you have the help of a homeroom teacher. Well, for insurance purposes, one, but for also just for crowd control. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of be focused on a, a group of students. So maybe four or five students at a time while they're there. But also because it's a competition, you I've always had students sitting going, okay, we're next okay, so we need to make sure that we send our friend this direction. We need to make sure that he doesn't run into the chair because that's going to cost us time. And they start, you know, planning out in their head because they know like, oh, I got to get a better score than this team. And and so usually I don't have too many problems with, with them just like running around crazy and not paying attention because they kind of want to see how their friends do. Um, and also they kind of want to like get strategies in their head of like, this is what I'm going to do with my team. And we're going to, we're going to go this way and it's going to be faster and we're going to win. So usually if you have the help of a homeroom teacher, then things shouldn't be too chaotic in the classroom. Yeah, I I think so. You're, you're coming from the competition angle here and, and (laughs) yeah, focused on it. And I mean, my I, myself as a PE teacher, I'm all, I'm straight away thinking about why well, if they're doing that, what can those students be doing? So, you could even have set uh, one group of students who are in a group of three or four. You could say, right, you guys, you have to go and practice over there. So when you come into doing this actual course, you're ready for yeah. it. And you know exactly who's doing what role. You could say, right, your right. role is the walker. Your role is the guider. Your role is to say turn left your role is say turn right and so on so everyone has a different role in their group sorry i just jumped in there with my own pe 
<laughs> oh no, no, that's 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 a great idea because you can also have kids. They don't all have to be standing at the starting line. They can be all spaced out around, you know, giving their friend help, you know, being able to see things from a different angle or saying, you know, oh, he's too close to the, to the, you know, the basketball or, you know, he's too close to this or that and definitely do that. Yeah. Okay. So we got to the point where you're talking about the competition element and you're, you're going through timing. So how long, how long would this uh, section take you in which you're, you've got them working through this obstacle course in the gym? Okay. Yeah, I would say, you know, depending on how many kids you have going through 10 minutes for the round, like it's, it's not, yeah, you want to make sure everybody gets a, gets at least one chance to go through. So. Okay, so we've had your game at the start, five minutes. You've had your recap from the previous lesson, five minutes. You've taken them to the obstacle course, over to the gym. Let's talk really specifically here with walking over, with explaining to the children and everything what they're doing. How long does that activity take? Um, well, it depends on how long the kids have to, take, have to get through the obstacle course, but... Um... I would say anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes of them. Cause again, you know, you're talking about eight, nine year old fourth graders. They're kind of excitable. And so they, you know, Oh, we're going to the gym to have English class. And, you know, <laughs> so there's always that element of crowd control that you got to have to kind of rein people back in. Yeah. So, and so, then, you know, obviously if you're going to change up the course at all or do something different, even in the, even if you're in the classroom, you know, a, a brief, like, minute to two minutes setting up things again um okay so we're just over halfway through the lesson here about 25 minutes in is that right um yeah so then you know after you have the after all the students have the opportunity to go through course uh usually everybody sits down we'll like say hey here's the winner hey who had the fastest time who had the slowest time and then usually at the end of a lesson i'll go through the phrases again just one more time just to like drill it into their head but like not in a boring way i guess just to make sure that they understand what we're doing at this point they shouldn't have any problem because they've already been you know shouting at their friends to go straight or turn right or whatever at this point you know they should have the phrases they should know I haven't done this in the past, but they've started doing this a lot in schools where they'll have a reflection time. Um, and they do this with other classes and they kind of just started implementing this with Japanese or with English classes. You know, students will have maybe a half sheet of paper that has a couple questions on it. It'll all be in Japanese. So they don't have to feel like they're, they can't express certain things or you know maybe they don't know how to say something in English it's not a problem they can write it down um, and this is kind of where the part where the homeroom teacher kind of has to do some work where you know they'll ask them in Japanese so so what what did you learn from this lesson what did you what did you just do hmm. I'm going to bring it back for the benefits of the UK listeners here so when they talked about did you say as a homeroom class class teacher yeah, yeah. So we have, so each class will have a homeroom teacher. Um, and they're, you know, they're the teacher that's with that, with that class, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so, so they'll, I, they'll I teach. UK based teachers, you're, you're referring to the teaching assistant or the learning okay. assistant. So I'm okay. just kind of transferring the language over for the, uh, for gotcha. The but yeah, so the homeroom teacher basically teaches you know, all of the subjects for the class, except for, you know, maybe they won't teach English or math or, 
they won't be the PE teacher, but they'll teach, you know, your, your other core subjects um, throughout the day. You were talking about this exercise that they're doing uh, when they return to the classroom. Mm, yeah. So then you'd return to the classroom and then um, it's just, it's like a debriefing or just a wind down process of what did we just do? And if you have higher level class classes or higher level students, this can totally be done in English. It's not necessary to be done in Japanese. Unfortunately, the level that the students are in Japan, it has to be done in Japanese um, just because a student can't maybe fully express their opinions about something or fully express, um, you know, their feelings on the lesson. But um, yeah, it's it's literally just an opportunity that for them to just fill out a little card that says, I understood what the the English teacher was telling me. I understood what it meant in Japanese. Um, was I able to perform the the action or perform the task that was at hand? Um, and then what were my opinions or what did I think about it um, based on like Japanese culture or like, oh, this is something we say in Japanese. Oh, this is how it relates to the English lesson. Or I didn't know what this meant in English. Now I know what this means or, you know, um, it's just an opportunity for them to to look back at the lesson and say, okay, this is what I understood from it. And, and it's really good for us as English teachers to then be able to have that information. Over here, we would refer to this as assessment for learning. Uh, I, I don't know how you refer to it over there, but it's just any way of checking students' progress and, and their understanding yeah. of what you're actually teaching. Yeah, the, the Japanese word is just reflection. So it's just a reflection time yeah. for them to just think about what they just learned. Um, and I, it's, it's super important even, even with younger learners because it, it, it cements it more in their head of this is, this wasn't just a game or this wasn't just some random phrases that some weird foreign guy came in and said at me and I repeated them. Like, this is how I can use this in real life or, you know, this is the, the context where I can use this and take this and use this somewhere else. Okay. And, and how long would you spend on this roughly? Usually they'll give them around five minutes to, to fill out the card. Um, and then they'll actually go around and get volunteers to stand up and read what they wrote, you know, what their impression of the lesson was. Okay. So another, maybe another five minutes. It, it's a lot of times it kind of gets pushed to the very last five minutes of class and it's quickly fill out your card and we don't have time to talk about it. So so I've been noting down the timings as we go. So your first <laughs> introduction game was five minutes. And we've got the recap from the previous lesson, which was five minutes and the obstacle course, 10 to 15 minutes. So that takes us up to about 25 minutes. And then we've got 10 minutes of this reflection time here, which would take us up to 35 minutes. I, yeah, it's, that's usually about the time that you'll have. <laughs> you have a 45 minute block of time, but honestly, um, uh, from what I've found over the years is you don't actually get that full 45 minutes. You got to put in time for teachers that forget that it's English day, or maybe some kids are getting yelled at because they were running in the hall and you got to put in time for that. So it's, um, I've stopped timing lessons, honestly, because I, I don't know how much time I'm going to have some days, um, you know, or, you know, like we've been doing this week, it was, um dental checks so 
hey, sorry, we got to cut English five minutes short today. Is that okay? Well, yeah, I don't have a choice. <laughs> so, oh, so like, as an English teacher over there, you, you suffer the same sorts of problems as I do over here as a PE teacher when people kind of say, uh, yeah, if we're going to miss a subject, let's make them miss PE. Um, so what, what I'm going to give you now, so we've basically, after this, um, this debrief and reflection time, this yeah. is where they come to the end of the lesson, is it? Right. Okay. I, I've asked you loads of questions throughout this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to cut to my final challenge now. So a challenge that I give every single teacher I speak to. I'm going to give you the 30-second challenge okay. where I want you to sum up the structure of this lesson in three, <sighs> yes. two, one, and go. Okay, so review your phrases practice any new phrases that you might want to add practice your what you're going to be doing for your your activity your main activity so giving directions um, and actually putting those things into practice and doing the activity followed by a reflection time where the students can reflect on what they learned and so that you can make sure that they knew what they were doing throughout the lesson. But it was still still really clear and um, yeah, a very clear structure to the lesson. So thank you very much. Yeah. It's, and like, like I said earlier, you can throw in any extra words or any extra phrases that you think your students might, um, might need to know. It's, it's unfortunate that a lot of elementary school, at least younger level is, is such low level, um, speaking abilities um, but yeah I mean this is this is a lesson that I've done in the gym in the classroom and students have always had fun doing it it's just it's a change from just sitting and having someone talk to you or yeah. just listening and repeating it gets them up and moving around and actual practical applications for using the language so yeah, of course, and and I I think what, that the, what I like about this is that you've not been afraid to take the children out of the classroom environment. Yes, there is right. a risk that you do need that added behaviour management, but the fact that you're taking this risk, the students are more likely to remember that lesson, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. It's it's not just oh we filled out a paper or something, you know, um, or. Um, you know, oh, we did this worksheet and it was fun. Like, you, no, we went to the gym and we walked around and there was this, an obstacle course and, you know, one of my friends was blindfolded and we had to get him through and we won and our time was, you know, the fastest the second time. But the first time we, you know, he ran into the desk a couple of times or something, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that they remember, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was brilliant. Thank you. So uh, thank you so much for that, Andrew. And yeah. I, I would love to hear loads more about the education system in Japan is I find it fascinating. And I'm sure other people around the world would love to hear about how different education systems work. So before we before we do finish this conversation, could you let people know where they can find more information so i know you've got your youtube channel and you've got your twitter so can you give people details on these oh yeah definitely i mean i so i've been making i started out making youtube videos when i first moved here and they were kind of i look back and they're kind of cheesy and i look you know oh he's eaten a 
a weird food or talking about the, I, I, I wanted to show people just back home what I was doing and let them know, Hey, this is what I'm doing in Japan. Um, and over the years it's transformed into, I usually put out a video every Friday and it's on a different topic and it's just all about trying to, um, inform people on what teaching is like in Japan, but also if you want to be a teacher, like I'm trying to help people with the knowledge that I've learned over the years, just try to reach out via YouTube and say like, Hey, here's what you can do in this situation. Or, Hey, this happened to me at school this week. Um, this is probably going to happen to you at some point. So here's what you should do, or here's a way to handle it, or here's a way to approach it. Um, but yeah, if you just go to YouTube and type in Higgins in Japan, um, my videos will come up and yeah, they're a link in the show notes as well for you, Andrew. Sure. That's great. And, um, also I have a Facebook page where you can send me messages because a lot of people, I get a lot of people that send me private messages, which is fine. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash Higgins in Japan, um, that's my Facebook page for my YouTube channel. And you can send me a private message there if you don't want like the whole world knowing your question. Let's keep in touch and we'll see whether okay. we can um, have some more conversations over this because I'm, I'm fascinated myself. Yeah, but, definitely. But anyway, thank you very much again for today, Andrew. I really appreciate it. And it's been great to speak to you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Okay, bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Teacher Plane Podcast. If there's any topic or lesson that you'd like to be discussed, feel free to get in contact. Keep educating, keep learning.